a good image I just tripped myself out is um, a, a guy like it'd be like an R crumb drawing or something a guy swallowing a lady's titty like a t lady a guy with a lady's titty in his mouth but it went all the way <laughs> it's the titty so long that it went all the way through him and he's shitting it out he's shitting it out um, and her other titty I don't know what her other titty's doing but a dude's shitting her titty <laughs> Of his butt, and you see the nipple coming out of the butt, and the rest of the titty is going through his body. <laughs> um, here I am. Here I am. to another episode of the wandering wolf uh, i'm happy to be here i'm happy to be your host yoni wolf it's been a, it's been a wild couple of weeks a wonderful wonderful couple of weeks uh but not much not much in the way of exercise yoga uh enough sleep actually but i'm on a, a crazy schedule i mean i'm getting back to normal starting to get back to normal i woke up at like 10 today which is actually real early for me but it's been like noon one going to bed at four or five uh because i've been recording i we we, we recorded produced you know wrote all the initial uh stuff for uh an album me and my former house guest um he left two days ago or she he or she left two days ago um, it was a tearful goodbye at the airport. Um, well, that's giving away too much already. Now you know this person lives within flying distance, uh, as opposed to driving distance. Driving distance would be, say, if they this was a Columbus artist, if this was a Dayton artist, maybe perhaps a Louisville artist. Um, you can you can x out those cities from if you've made a long list of artists who you thought. I might be working with it's not someone from those towns uh but i think we got some great work done i think i think it could be a really important record it, it's depending on what we do you know to finish it up it could be something that you guys i'm not you know i i just heard an interview with kanye on juan epstein so so i'm like i'm like uh now i'm talking like that i think it's the most important record uh of the millennium no you know me. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a a a, a horn tutor. Uh, I I try to be humble. Try to be uh, honest, though. I think it is. I think it is good. I think we did good work. Regardless of that, that's not even. That doesn't. Even, I shouldn't even talk about that. That is, that shouldn't even enter into the conversation. The real conversation is that. I got in. I got into a workflow uh, with this this gentleman, lady, 
Um, and it's something that I, I haven't been in that sort of workflow in a while. So I'm trying to maintain that. Um, you know, today, uh, I'm going to go back over to my brother's house later and continue work on the golden tickets that we've been recording from the last tour, revving up that studio over there. My room is hot over here, but it's a mess. It's a a shabby, shabby mess. I would still love to get, like, have it all set up with a patch bay and uh, the whole nine yards. Now, tell me this, tell me this. Today and last week, uh, I'm recording intros on uh, my old AKG 414. Should I go back to, it's just, it's out because I like recording on this mic a lot. Um, for, I, I'll, I'll do vocals in this mic. I'll do, uh, you know, any, anything almost, you know, pianos or, or even guitars sometimes. Though I prefer a small diaphragm, uh, condenser for some of that stuff as well. But, uh, the drum overhead, I use this for drum overheads. Look, your, your option is this, which is the last two weeks uh, intros, or I can go back to my SM7. That's the, you know, that's the standard radio mic. Everybody uses that. Uh, but I figure this is not radio. This is a podcast. We don't need that boomy bass, that boomy bottom that an SM7 provides. Now, look, I recorded alopecia and, uh, Eskimo snow on an SM7. So the mic works fine for my voice, even for singing. Um, I'd done pretty much everything else in my career on this 414. Um, no, that's not true. Not the latest. Sorry, that's not true. That's a that's a wildly inaccurate statement. But older stuff that you know, or home stuff, I do undo on this mic. Um, this. Uh, so yeah, mom's I did on a real cool mic. CM. Uh, what was that? What was that? It was a, a Neumann CRV for C. That's a car. C C. It's it's the the Eastern Bloc equivalent to to the, um, to the uh, what the fuck U U forty seven. It was like the 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 East German version of that, the but it's still Neumann C C M V uh four, some some fucking shit. Anyway, that was a cool mic. Uh, anyway. I don't want to go on and on about this, but I, I am excited. I feel good about Cincinnati now, you know. Um, I've met tons of cool people here. This is a great town. I'm glad to be here. If, if, if uh, you know, if you're, if you're kind of, you're getting to, to a point in your life where you're like, I don't know where I'm at. I don't, know living. I don't want to live in New York anymore. It's too wild. Uh, it's too much, you know. I'm, L.A. is too hip, uh, too hot. It's hot, you know. If you want to come to to the to the dead uh, of winter, um, but have the warmth of a lot of wonderful individuals, I I would highly recommend Cincinnati, Ohio. This has been paid for with Cincinnati Tourist Board. So I wish I could get a sponsorship from the Cincinnati Tourist Board. Believe me, I would I would t- if you're out there, I would uh, I would talk endlessly of of the accolades and positives couldn't think of another word um you know what i'm I'm gonna leave all this shit i'm done with with cutting these intros up all tight and nifty 
uh, I'm going to leave all, all the, uh, the blob, the, the jelly, uh, around the, around the corners, the gristle. All right. Cause that gristle's, that gristle's good for you. It helps digestion. I'm trying to think of what else to say. It's, you know, it, it really is beginning to look a lot like Christmas now. We're really coming to that point uh, in the year. Uh, it's a beautiful sunny day. My back room gets a lot of that. It's it's uh, south-facing uh, with, with a couple of east-facing windows, so it gets some great morning light. It has some good light throughout the day. It's a, it's a good little locational room. Um... What else? That's, you know, that's about it. Today, uh, on The Wandering Wolf, uh, I have uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Tony Trim, Tony Kim. Do I, I'm not sure whether I'm not sure whether I'm going to write Kim or Trim. Kim is his real last name. Trim is his moniker, but everyone calls him Trim, right? Even, even friends, I call him Trim. Uh, and he, I met him through uh, Serengeti. Uh, we, we took Getty out uh, on tour in, I, I want to say, I don't know, 09, I think. Um, and Trim, Trim came with uh, as, as the DJ. And he's a, he's a real life of the party type of guy, as, you'll, you'll, uh, as is evidenced by this talk. Uh, he's a very likable individual, um, fun you know, and he's, you know, he, he's, he's talked his way into a lot of cool things. No, I don't want to say that, but he, but in a way it's true because he's, he's a very socially adept person. And I, that's, that's a very positive thing. You might take that as a negative thing or something like manipulative or something, but it's not that at all. He's, he's just, people like him. He's someone you want to have around and, uh, that's that's worked in his favor. So he goes out now uh, with Hannibal Burris uh, as his DJ. Anyway, we get to all this in the conversation. I'm trying to think if there's anything else you need to know about Tony. When the conversation occurred at the Days Inn in uh, wherever that was, near the lake, Lakeside, I think, Lakeview, something, in Chicago. Um, just after a Y show at Lincoln Hall. We, we roasted and we were doing these golden tickets on that whole tour where we would pick someone from the audience and do, do a song for them. And for him, he's been asking since I've known him, uh, you know, five, six years ago, uh, four years ago, whatever it was, he's been asking for us to play Rubber Traits. And I don't think, we, I don't think in that whole time that we've actually known how to play it, you know, we, we learn songs per tour or whatever. And oh, the heat just went off. You, he's been asking for for us to play Rubber Traits, which is one of the one of my band's songs, and we never knew it. So we were like, eh, well, next time, next time, next time. This time he asked me again, and we we're like, okay, we got you. So we we did a version of Rubber Traits, uh, and I changed all the lyrics to be about him. Rubber Trim was what we called it. So uh, and it, it's a it's a real roast. Um, a real roast, but but all in all in good fun. So we referenced that in the beginning. Uh, that's it. That's all I really need to say. Um, check it out, Tony Trim. 
What would like without the bus, man? What's that like? Different. Who else is staying in this room with you? Just me. Oh, you got a double bed for yourself? Well, just in case, if there's, if, <laughs> if I get a girl back here and she has a friend, no, her that's friend's the point of be... the king signs. <clears throat> so, uh, we just roasted you pretty, yeah. pretty harshly, down. Yeah. Not harshly. It was actually, it was kind. No, words. it was all kind words. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. I didn't feel like I didn't feel like um, insulted. It was just. It caught me off guard. Was though. it embarrassing? You look, you look nervous when you were on stage. Yeah. You're like, "What the fuck am I well, supposed I to thought, do now?" Well, I thought, man, because you guys put me on blast. I thought you were gonna have me, like I said, I thought you were gonna have me sing the song. Right, right. But I was like, so I was. Were real you getting confident. hyped for that? Yeah, I was confident. I'm, like, I'm gonna sing the shit out of right. this. Right. And then you were like, "No, I'm just gonna talk about you <laughs> while you stand here." And yeah. I didn't even have a mic, so I couldn't even like. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? That's, I couldn't yeah. But I couldn't be that like. That was on purpose. Make. Yeah, funny comments, so I'm just like, damn, these guys got me on. We should have gave you a mic, actually, yeah. so that you could just... Be, it's all good, I'll get you back. Do the, I, I'm ready for it. <laughs> I welcome it, I welcome it. I enjoy that kind of thing, man. Next time I see As you on the road, I'll be like, Yoni Wolf's now, Yoni, come here. He's going to have Hannibal roast the shit out of you. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Shit. Shit. <laughs> Shit. So, speaking of Hannibal, how, how did you guys hook up, man? I'm curious. For the you've known him for a while through college, right? Yeah, yeah. We um, we I knew him. The, the funny story about him is I knew him. Well, I didn't like we knew we knew each other. Like we were just like part of the same circle of friends. And like I used to DJ a lot, and he was a big hip hop fan. And I was a hip hop DJ out there, and I would play shows. And like he. I remember the first time... Wait, wait, out there. You, it was Chicago, though, no? No, no, that was in Southern Illinois. Southern Illinois, okay, okay, Carbondale. okay. Got it. And I remember... Which is how far away? A few it's hours. Like, it's about like 300 miles like, Okay, south. so it's a while. Yeah. yeah. It's like on the bottom bottom of Illinois where yeah. nobody goes. Right okay. And um, I remember he was just like... Uh, he. I don't remember. Like I think we just sort of got some party drunk and I gave him my number and we are just like, whatever. He was a cool cat. You know, we vibed and then... He called me out of nowhere, and he was just like, Hey, man, I'm at this tailgate party, and this DJ is whack as fuck. You need to come over here with your records and start was singing. He, <laughs> in, in what context? What was his context in the situation? He was just at the party? He was just at this. He was at a tailgate party for, like, one of the football games. Right. And the DJ was playing some whack-ass techno shit. Right, right. And he was like, Hey, man, we need a DJ right now. And, and so you need to come here right now. And they got turntables. Just bring your vinyl. And I'm like, who is this? And he's like, it's HB. Because back then he didn't call himself Hannibal. Okay. Like, it's HB. I'm like, was he a rapper back then? No, no, he, nothing, none of that. He wasn't okay. even a comedian back then. He okay. was just like, he was just regular old Hannibal. And he was like, it's HB. And I'm like, who? And like, because I knew him as Hannibal. He introduced himself to me as Hannibal. And I'm yeah. like, who? Do? And then, and I was like, whatever, okay, I'll come through. Because at that point, I was thirsty to do like any fucking gig, whatever. Yeah. And I had come through and I saw, I was like, oh, shit. All right, and Hannibal, you know? Right. And then, yeah, I just, like, played this party as whack techno DJ. Basically, me and Hannibal just kind of just, you know, fucking pushed them off. I yeah. them, and then I was just playing, like... Nah, dude, you're out. I'm in. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. just playing cuts, and then people were feeling it. You know, that was, like, my first, like, real experience when I, okay, Hannibal's cool. I'm cool. We're cool. And then after that, like, I started doing, like, these open mic nights and shit, and then he would come through and try out his comedy... And a lot of, like, I remember he was doing a lot of rap jokes back then. One of them was, like, where he's talking about that old Nelly song. Where he's like, what the, he's like, what the, uh, 
manicure toes. He's like, that's not a manicure. That's a pedicure. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> yeah. so, you know? Yeah. So, like, you know, yeah. and he had, like, rap jokes all the time. He was, like, on my first mixtape I did out there where he was talking about rappers who talk about murdering on tape. He was like, he's like, man, rappers talk about killing. I'm paraphrasing this all wrong because yeah. I haven't heard this joke in a while. But basically, just of it, he's like, rappers talk about killing. But he's like, I don't know about you, but if I was killing people, I wouldn't be saying that shit on tape. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> right. So he had, like, these rap jokes way back then. Right. When, and so, like, when he first started, like, a lot of his humor had to do with, like, rap humor. And now it's just evolved to the point where he's just, like, it's he's just sharp as fuck about it. Now, yeah. You know? Like, we that's what we do, like, on the road. Like, he'll, like, talk about rappers, and then I'll, like, trigger the sample so the crowd can hear it and give it, like, this extra depth. Instead I of like that. You know, instead of explaining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, you know, 2 Chainz said something. It right. was like, blah, blah, blah. He'd just be like, 2 Chainz said this. And he'll point at me and I'll just drop the sample. Right. And then he'll hit the joke. So you work out routines ahead of time. and like Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, cool. like, we'll work out new shit here and there. And there's like little sound effects, like a little gunshot sound that like yeah. really bring it home. Yeah. Stuff like that, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's silly, but... You know, it's always like we always change it up, do different shit, yeah. and you know stuff like. When did that. he decide, like, oh, I, you know, I should get Tony to come and do this shit? Because that's not like not every comedian has a DJ that does that shit. Yeah. Some some do, I know, but you know. I mean, it's um, it was after gibberish rap. Do you hear gibberish rap? Uh huh. It's like uh, basically, I went out to New York to do this uh, <laughs> mixtape called Charcuteries and Champagne, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and basically, I just. We were in my guy's uh, bedroom, and just he let us use his like bedroom studio, and I had a mixtape already mixed up, and then I just like played it, and he was just kind of riffing on it, messing around. There's like a bunch of instrumentals on there, and then this Clams Casino beat comes on, and then he just started. He's like, I could rap, but it was, <laughs> but it wasn't like a, I'm gonna snap. It was more just like him just flowing yeah so it's more like an exercise and flow yeah. that's why it's called gibberish rap okay gibberish rap finish shit coming with it finish it but it's a tip coming through and finish it and then killing the bitch chicken with it get it with it and then get it with it got a chicken dick coming through and finish it and then finish it got a little bit of the speaker spit rapidly rap 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 I'm rapidly rap 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 okay this is good and he's just like kind of gibberish but like when we do it live he does it like you know, like, I don't know if you've seen, like, I was, I think I was telling you earlier about the Kanye, Jay-Z, Watch the Throne thing, and they do the Niggas in Paris yes, song, yes. and they do it, like, six or seven times at the end. Just it's as ridiculous. a fuck you, kind of? Yeah, well, no, it's not even, it's just, like, some kind of an art thing that they do. Okay. You know what I'm saying? It's like, well, I know uh, Jay-Z did that, like, uh, I can't remember, one of the songs. Oh, Picasso, office. baby. Yeah, right, yeah. Like, over and over. I and think then. he got that, you know, because he did, he did Niggas in Paris before that. Yeah, yeah. And then, um. He, I guess in Paris, supposedly, I think it was in, yeah, I think when they were playing in Paris, they did it like nine times. Okay. And they like beat like the record of like how many times they That's why they the did same it. Song that's how, one, how many times one act <laughs> played the same song? Yeah, so, so it's that's, like, that's kind of it's, funny. It's kind of a play on that, but yeah. it's just a ridiculous song. Okay. But it was funny, this one time in Notre Dame, it was like, um, the crowd was so weird because Notre Dame is just like a very Christian conservative kind of a school. Yeah. And I remember, like, the lights were, like, the spotlights were really bright, and the, the crowd was really dark, so you couldn't really see people. But, like, the, um, the, <laughs> like, we did gibberish rap, and then it was just silence. 
And I'm just like, this is kind of awkward. And he's like, hit that shit again. So I do it again. We did it like maybe four or five times. Like, oh with like God. no laugh, no chuckle, yeah. nothing. And I remember at one point, it's silent there. I hear this girl going, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, fuck it, do it again. Do it again. Like We're going to do like, it until they laugh yeah, kind of shit. Around like the sixth or seventh time, they started laughing. Right, right. And the craziest part is we that night we had like Elmo. Like, a guy dressed as Elmo. Okay. We had, like, the Cookie Monster, I think. We had, like, Ballerina. It was ridiculous. Like, yeah. They should... It was just, like, they were so, like, just... They just had no idea. what They were just it, so, it like... It was wacky ambushed. shit. And, we the, just and the audience them. was conservative. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. We were... <laughs> I guess we were just too ahead of them comedically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it was funny because it was, like... That was that one time that we did it too... Usually, like, the first time we do it, we get yeah. a good laugh. And the second time we do it, we get a better laugh. And then he does it like acapella. Right. And then, you know, you get that classic reggae horn. But how, I, of course, you got it. <laughs> but how did that, how did how did he, like, it was just through doing the mixtapes and shit. And he was like, oh, I, I'm going to get Tony to come and DJ. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, we did the mixtape and then he had me send the clip of that. And then he put it online. Next thing I know, like, my SoundCloud gets like 30,000 hits. I see. And then and then he, he kind of, it started as just to do that thing. Yeah, it was just like a joke. Obviously, with a comedian, everything starts as a joke. Yeah. And and then on his birthday, like, in Brooklyn, he did it with uh, Rufio. And they did it a bunch of times. It worked. It was hilarious. Blah, blah, blah. And, um, yeah, and then he was just like, and he just get random shows. He's like, I want to do gibberish. It was funny because every town we go into... We hire ballerina, or his manager hires ballerinas. Okay, I saw photos of that. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was like, yes, this appeals to me. Yeah, and it's just like um, we used to like Craigslist. Really? <laughs> or like he used to just tweet and be like, "I need ballerinas tonight," and we would find them. But it got to a point where it was like some dumpy ass ballerinas. Like, yeah, you know, like, sometimes you get some big ones. <laughs> no offense, that it's fine. Yeah, it's no, fine, but no, that is an offense because it's like you can't. Physically, you cannot be. Right, right. A, you know what I'm saying? I like, know. I'm trying thing. to be PC. This is a PC podcast. No, this. I mean, no. that's real talk, though. No, you're right. It's that's real, real talk. talk. There are certain. There's a, <laughs> there is a bona fide ballerina body. There is, which I I love. Yeah, and it is that is the yes thin and right. and tone and you know like right. They can do the the, yeah. the ballerina things that ballerinas yeah. do because it's a very specific sort of art form. Anyway, I mean, yeah. so I mean, anyway, but he'll hire ballerinas to do yeah. to do what and what do they do? They just, uh, they, they come and they dance on stage. I yeah. mean, this is just a good juxtaposition between the ridiculous rap and this beautiful art form of dancing. How do you, how do you interact with this sort of thing? Do you, do you hang out with the ballerinas sometimes? <laughs> I'm just saying, that like, sounds what? like a loaded question. No, 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 no. I'm not asking about <laughs> sex or whatever, but is it like an awkward situation or is it, is it fun um, for It's everybody? only an awkward situation when they're be- when when they're really young, yeah, because some you know because the be- the prime ballerina that should be like fucking fourteen years old or some shit. Yeah, but we don't. We never got a fourteen year old. To so try to get them of age, to so yeah. you don't get sued for God knows what. Yeah, they're usually between like sixteen or like the prime age is between. For a ballerina, is like sixteen and nineteen. Don't call yeah. me this, I'm not sure, but usually it's like the younger the ballerina, the more you know the the better chance they have to make it. Yeah. In the business. Yeah. And there's been a few shows where they like show up with their mothers. Okay. Or their character. And it's weird because we're in the back just drinking and talking shit. Right. And they're like there and it's not like an easy vibe. You never hung out with their moms? Because their moms are our age, I'm sure. Uh, I tried to holler at one of the moms once, but she wasn't feeling She me. wasn't happy. Yeah. Man. I mean, the kid's right there. You can't really. There's not right, really. Right. Yeah. Right. 
But uh, <laughs> that so you like you like that came out of that where I'm about to go. <laughs> but for the most part, it's like yeah, they're usually like younger, but you know, like um, but they you know they're very like sometimes like they come decked all out like in tutus and shit, and that's when that's when it's the best when it's yeah. like real professional and right. Dope. Um, it's whack. Is this it, after the Kanye video, sorta? Yeah, but that's not where we got the idea no, okay. from. That was just this is Hannibal's goofy ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, hey, we need some ballerinas. Yeah. You know, Hannibal was just like, Hey, yeah, we need Elmo we Random need shit. SpongeBob SquarePants yeah. on this one. <laughs> yeah. or we need Cookie Monster. Like he's just you know what I'm saying? He's just he's a he, he's a comedic genius. Weird so just, free association. He knows shit. what works, you know, yeah. so he's just yeah. kinda and then the ballerinas always work. Because the juxtaposition of it is so perfect. Yeah. You know, he lately he's been coming out on like shiny ass, like silver pants and just, yeah, it's funny. So what, what you mentioned the mixtape, you know, how you started working with him was through the, the, the mixtape, but, but let's talk about the mixtapes. Like what, like, why did you start doing those or how did you get into, uh, you know, DJing? I, I mean, I got into the, I'm, DJing's always been like my... Um, what's the word for it? It's um, it's not exactly like my back burner talent, but it's call your wheelhouse or your uh, they say your bread and butter. Yeah, it's a thing that I can rely on. Uh, this is th it's a thing that I can rely on the most. Yeah, because I'm just like uh, naturally just. I mean, like that's the only thing that I can do. Drunk as hell yeah. and still snap. Right. And I figure if you could do anything drunk as hell, yeah. and do it well, then you're really good at it. Right. 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 So, <laughs> like, Bukowski I don't know what I writing. can do drunk as hell. Bukowski in writing. Yeah, you know, sure. He was a brilliant writer when he was drunk. Yeah. And what about sleeping? No, that doesn't count. <laughs> Sleeping's not a talent. It's not a skill. No, no. That's just, like, shedding the night. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, like, the only, like, I mean, you know, I don't want to be known for just DJing because yeah. DJing is just, DJing is DJing. And it takes skill to be a DJ. I'm not knocking on DJs, but... I don't want to just be known as like a good DJ. Well, what do you want to be known for? What beats pr production? International Playboy. International. <laughs> I mean, you are that. Honestly, you may be joking, but that's kind of that's kind of like that's sort of your forte. Honestly, I see you as someone that is really good at facilitating the parties, at really good at making things comfortable for everybody, and being like the guy that makes shit hype, which is like. Actually, kind of what a DJ does too, yeah, yeah. which is probably why you're good at that. But but it, I think your personality is like that too. Yeah, you know what I mean. Where you're you're very extroverted. You're very like life of the party type guy. I don't. I don't. I, 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 that's Hannibal's joke. I don't mean to steal international playboy. From him. Okay, because, but because yeah, that's like how he gets introduced on stage. Mm -hmm. International playboy first, but um, it's just yeah. I mean, I mean, I know what you're. I know what you're saying, yeah. and like. Uh, Getty cracks jokes about that with me too. He's like, people just like you, man. And you just need to play that persona. <laughs> you know? like, be that guy. And I'm but they like, do, though. And that's how you just got hooked up with this, like, whatever you were doing on this last tour, right? I mean, it's just... Yeah, I mean, no. I mean, I, I work. I work. I work as much as I can. And I, I work hard. And I'm always just down to do whatever I can do. But, but I'm saying they like you. The yeah. fact that Chappelle's like, yeah, come up to my fucking suite and just play records and hang out <laughs> means that, like, oh, you're a fun dude to have around. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. not going to be, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I mean, I, I I guess I'm good. I've always been good at that in life, just, like, getting in situations 
and just like getting swept into situations where it's just like, oh, this is going on. I'm here now. You know what I'm saying? Like, I guess that's true, but you I don't know. Going with the flow kind of shit. Yeah. Does that relate to the kung fu in a way? Like, uh, you think like that? That like? No, because kung fu. I mean, especially the shit I've been taking lately is very. It's very. Um, Disciplined. Yeah, it's the opposite of drinking, which is what it's you the opposite. Yeah. No, it's not the opposite. I mean, <coughs> you know, I'm taking Wing Chun and it's I'm taking the That's lineage what under uh, it's the Ipman lineage. So it's Ipman and it's Ip Chun and then it's uh, uh, Samuel Kwok and then it's my Sifu right now is uh, Philip Nearing. So Ipman is known to be like a notorious chain smoker. Okay. Okay. Like he just like was chill as fuck. He just you know he he partied. He did his thing. I'm not gonna soil the guy's name, but like he was like, you know he was chill. Like he he was laid back and did his own thing. So, and then even if you go to like the when I go to these Wing Chun classes, they're not like intense. They're like they're not intense as like the praying mantis stuff. Like okay. I showed you some of that stuff. Yeah. It's real intense. It's like focus, and you gotta like balance bowls and do crazy shit. Wing Chun's real chill, man. Like, I, t- I took one Black Flag Wing Chun class. That, yeah. Remember that? Oh, yeah. How was that? I told you about that. It yeah. was all right. It was like in this guy's basement. and So it was like it was like at his house in his so basement. Shady. It was a little so, weird. So uh, take off your pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, luckily there, was like, luckily there was like five, six people there, so I didn't feel so awkward. Yeah. But like it was definitely in dude's basement. Like, you know, <laughs> and it felt like that, you know. Did you know the lineage of... of- uh, it was from Ip Man. It was like, oh, okay. It was like Ip Man, and then uh, probably one of his sons. I don't remember the names, but um, and this guy was like the fourth, mm. something like that. You know what's funny about Ip Man is he named his sons Ip Man, uh, Ip Ching and Ip Chun, uh-huh. and I can't remember what the literal meanings are of their name, but <laughs> it's something crazy like. He named his sons like speed and accuracy. Okay. Or something like I can't remember, right, but it's right. like on it's on <laughs> based based on kung fu shit. Yeah. Do you imagine that? Like you name your two right, kids right. your speed, your accuracy. <laughs> well, I, I feel like I feel like what I'm asking is a bit is a bit um um scattered. But I'm yeah. I'm curious about I'm curious about where, how you started all this shit because we've never actually talked about this. Like, yeah. how you started kung fu, how you started like getting into hip hop music, <laughs> like wherever you want to go with it. I'm I'm curious. Like, I mean, I started hip hop in high school just because I was like, um, it was like the rebellious thing to do. How old are you? I was like fourteen or 15. no. I'm saying how old are you now? You my oh, age? Oh yeah, I'm thirty two right 32, now. Thirty two. Okay, like that, yeah. I'm thirty four. Yeah, and um, it was like. Um, it was like just it was rebellious. It was like, oh, this is uh, different. This is weird. And uh, your high school wasn't it wasn't like no, a not black at all. Hip hop. I mean, school. they were they were they were in the hip hop, and they were it was like rap. It yeah. was more like rap. Oh, right, right. And like we hated that shit. I was like, the same, same here. Same yeah, here. I was just like, I don't want. What were they listening to? Masterpiece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah basically, yeah. that yeah. Whole, that was like the whole no limit soldier thing. Yeah, going. yeah. And I wasn't into that at all. And then. um and then, you know, I got introduced to Wu-Tang and all that. And yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, this is it. And I got really deep into it. And I just, because I, I used to be like a skateboard kid that was like in the punk rock and shit okay. like that. And I was in a lot of rock music, actually. Like a lot of like the Chicago stuff, too, like Tortoise and Trans Am and all that stuff. When you were like 13, Yeah, when 14, I was in high, like, earlier in high school. I was still yeah. into it now and I was still into it then. But right. I like transitioned. I kind of like, I never wanted to be in a band or anything. Yeah. But when I discovered hip hop, I was like, okay, I want to do hip hop. 
I never wanted to do rock. I just wanted to. What about it made you feel that way? Because it was so easy. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? Like rapping, you grab a mic. I don't and know. I mean, but but you could say that about punk rock too. Guitar, you know, like yeah. But you got to have a guitar, guitar and, an amp and you got to yeah. tune in, and you got to get an amp, and you got to like you know figure out chords and shit. But yeah. like you grab a mic and just be like, you know what I'm saying? Were you ra- were you rapping back then? Yeah, I was. Well, to? I started DJing and then I was rapping. I rapped for a little while. I even rapped with Getty, and then I gave that up like. I gave it up, like, in the, like, 2008, 2009 era when I realized, like, I just don't like rappers. I just, I just didn't. I'm a rapper, dude. What do you? <laughs> you know, in the classic sense of just not like, you know, not like successful rappers or people that actually made, like, when you meet people that actually make a living off of rap, they're really cool and nice. Right. But when you meet people that are like in the underground, it's I'm like a rapper, dude. Yeah, the crabs yeah. in a barrel type shit. Yeah, it's like uh, I found myself be, becoming less and less interested in meeting rappers, and more and more interested in meeting like producers and DJs and shit like that. Like, like you know, because like it, it's so easy to cheat with rap. You know what I'm saying? Like you can you can easily you can not... cheat with production too. Yeah, and, and, and DJ. I mean, you know, there, I think any any of those things. There's like a fine line between like yeah but rap is so based on like image that yeah, like you know yeah. like if you come out there looking like a certain way and you're filling in a certain kind of a niche yeah like you could just say a bunch of dumb shit and just brainwash people right you can't really do that as a DJ or a producer you can right. only rap because words man is real strong you can just kind of suck people into your world and ruin them right and it just kind of it fucked me all up I was like I don't want to do this because I'm in a place in my life where I'm not the most stable or at that time. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't want to tell these people the shit. Because sometimes I listen to stuff that I recorded way back and I'm just like, man, I was steering people what were you, wrong. What were we talking about? Like weed or what, what were we talking not about? Not even that. It was just like dumb shit. Like, fuck the government and yeah. fuck this and that. And it's just like, well, the government's all right. We should have prisons because people need to go to jail right. sometimes. <laughs> right, right, right. You know Political style shit. Yeah, yeah. But you, you weren't really knowing about what yeah, you were talking about. Yeah, just kind of being a dick. Yeah. Did you have friends that, that was it like a little hip hop crew, like a, that listened to like, you know, what we would call like, a, you know, positive or whatever. Not the Wu-Tang's like positive hip hop, but you know what I'm yeah. saying. No, it was like, it was basically like, back then, like a lot of my friends wanted to rap and there was no DJs. And so I just basically took on the role to like make, inst- so I would go to like, you know, in Chicago, like Gramophone hip house, places like that, and just buy 12 inches with the instrumental. And then I would just, like, put together instrumental tapes. So we could have, like, a 60-minute tape of instrumentals that... Produce a freestyle over? Motherfuckers just rap on. Yeah. And that's, like, how it started. And I would just do that, do a little scratching in the background. People get hype. And then college, it went up, like, another level when I started recording people. So I would just drop an instrumental, and then I would redub them on tapes and do all that kind of shit. I mean, it was just like, it was the it was out of necessity. Yeah. It's like, we need a DJ. So I was like, I'll be the DJ. I'll be that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? And you were getting sick of rap anyway, it sounds like. No, back then, I wasn't sick of rap. Oh, that's when you were That's rapping. when I started okay. the hip-hop shit. And then I, I was like, and then I was like encountering a lot of whack rappers. Yeah. And I'm just like, well, I can rap better than this. And I started rapping. Okay. And I did my thing. And then it was later on where I'm just like, okay, rap is really not my thing. I still enjoy it. I'll rap. I'll get like really drunk and freestyle. Yeah. 
Like sometimes I like write stuff in my head, but um, as far as like writing goes, like I'd rather write comedy than write raps. Do you have you been getting into that at no, all? No, I haven't, but I want to. Yeah, but I mean you're hella funny to me. Maybe that down the road or something, mm-hmm. but for now it's just like I. I mean you know I feel like sometimes I say some funny shit and I should write that down. Yeah, but for now it's just I'm just trying to. I like just being around funny people, like, yeah. just kind of, like, figuring out, like, how they process. Like, I remember when we were on this Oddball Fest, I was hanging out with Dimitri Martin backstage. I was questioning him about his process. I'm That's listening. an interesting dude. Yeah, he's fucking hilarious. Yeah. And I was just, like, asking him, like, hey, so how do you write jokes? And he's like, oh, let me show you. And he opened this book, and it's just, like, this crazy, meticulous, like... Some system. Just words, like, all, like, listed, and, like, I'm just like, oh, man, this is dope, like... It's like Getty. That's how Getty writes, too. Yeah. Like, he's the same way. He's just, just random, like, just little tiny paragraphs here and there, and then just put them all together and be like, here's your song, you know? Yeah. It's, I like when people have interesting writing processes, you know? Hannibal's the same way, too. Just He'll just write something on a notebook paper, like, That's... pickle juice. And then it's like a big joke. I do the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, yeah, just, just like write off a random little, idea. Yeah, random yeah. little thing. Or, or yeah. actually, usually, like, just a few words that actually see I can't I can't do that like sometimes I'll write shit in my little notepad thing yeah. and then I'll look at it the next day like what the fuck like, right I do that too I but do. I'm saying 90% of the time yeah. I do that you when know? I, it's always for me it's when I'm stoned I'll like yeah. I, I'll write something like oh that is brilliant and then <laughs> I'll look back the next morning like, I have no idea what that means like so I remember know. once in high school I did some fucking acid with one of my friends and I swear to God, I, f- I thought I figured out, like, the binary code to emotions. Okay. It's so Asian of me, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Everything must be. No, I mean, no. I mean, like, emotions. Like, I was yeah. like, happiness is zero zero one one zero one zero zero one, oh, And I'm just like, I'm like, bam, that's it. And I wrote happiness, <laughs> anger, zero one one zero one 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 zero zero one one. Bam! Like, it all made sense. I had, like, a list of it. And right. I'm like, dude, I've, I've cracked the code. Yeah. That night, I was like, I cracked the code. Woke up the next morning, like, what the fuck? Right. What the fuck? Still doesn't make any sense. So, uh, <laughs> and so you started making beats after that, too, no? I was making beats around the time I was rapping. But I, re- I started realizing my beats weren't very rap-friendly. Okay. So I've been going through this thing lately where I've been trying to be like toned down. I get too crazy with my synths. I think like keep I get, it a little, keep it a little more open. Or yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I get like too leady with my synths. Right. Where I've been like the shit that I've been, you know, putting out or making has been like that. So lately I've been trying to be more in the backdrop. But got to have some room for the rapper. Yeah, like Getty was the guy that got me into produ- production because it was like a. Oh, we were. It was like a really bad winter. It was like a. February, really bad winter in Chicago. I was living with my cousin Rich, and he just out of the blue was like, "Hey man, you should, you should make beats." And I'm just like, "I was like, ah, I can't make beats." He's like, "Look, man," he's like, "We're gonna get." We went halves on like a MIDI keyboard, like it was like this old M Audio thing. It was like eighty bucks. He's like, "Okay, I got forty on it. You pay the other forty, and just see what happens. Let's yeah. just see what happens." Sure enough, I was just in the lab, like, working on stuff. Okay, it put you in the zone. And that's where the Yumi came from. That was my okay, first okay. production thing. And and you you also met Getty in, in college. Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't... But well, that wasn't Getty. That was just... Your Getty career. was already gone from my school when I first got there. He was already, like, gone. But he had come back, 
And that's when I met him because he had come back to Carbondale just to like you know kick it. He was in Car we were doing shows all the time and shit. And I kept booking him and bringing him back. And he would just come to Carbondale and just kick it. He was like you know doing his thing. By that time, Hannibal was already gone. Okay. But I think Open Mike, e yeah, Open Mike Eagle was still there. Okay. So like at that time, it was me, him, and Open Mike Eagle. And you all, did you all hang out? Yeah, yeah. Me and Open go way back. Like was I that, remember in freshman year. Really? Yeah. Was yeah. that the crew? Was it like? You, Mike Eagle, Hannibal, and Getty, or, or no? It, Mike Eagle was part of all of it. Right. He was part of the Getty era. He was part of my era and Hannibal's era. Okay. Um, so you all kind of shifted in. Yeah, Mike was just he was just always on the scene. Yeah. Like Mike was a very popular guy in college, and like he was like the freestyle king. He was always win the battles, and right. he's fucking so everybody. He's just a likable dude. Everybody's so like, likable. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's just a, he's a good dude. I did a cast with him, man. Yeah, yeah. I heard it. Yeah, it was yeah. Good. He's just a, yeah. He's a very charismatic son of a bitch. Yeah. So he's always you know he was out there doing his thing, and then he hosted my poet. Well, it was before him. It was Hannibal. Hannibal hosted my poet. I had this like it wasn't poetry. It was like a variety night where you kind of just get up on the mic and talk. We we get up on a Sunday. I have this weird thing about Sundays and rituals. Maybe it's yeah, you got your soup Sundays. Yeah, now. yeah. It's my probably my Catholic background. Like, okay. I gotta do something on Sundays. You grew up Catholic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm Shit, not. Man. I mean, I don't. I'm not practicing. No, I know, but like that makes a difference. That changes how you. Like I, I would have assumed. I don't know you Korean. I would have thought you'd be like Presbyterian or some shit mm. like that. Weird thing is, my mom made my dad Catholic because my dad is actually a Buddhist. Oh shit! So he still had the Buddhist thing. He yeah. just didn't want to confuse the kids. <laughs> Do you wish you wish you grew up Buddhist? I don't wish anything. I, I like the values of uh, Christianity and Catholicism. I think they're great. Like you know, don't fucking be a dick. If you fucking kick somebody in balls, they're gonna kick you back in the balls. Well, about all the, but there's so much like I'm not, and I'm not dissing Catholicism. It's yeah. fine, but there's so much like dogma and so much like it's so like like. I mean, that's the part of it that sucks. Yeah, I mean, every religion has yeah shit that pretty sucks. much, but like yeah. the basic values of Catholicism is pretty. Of good. course, I mean the basic you know, values of every neighbor. religion yeah. are good though. Turn to chi, love that neighbor. You know, right, like, right. just be a don't be an asshole. Right, like every religion, basically the ba the basic. Lesson is don't be a fucking asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like I took that in. I took all the other weird fucking right. shit out of there. Yeah, you know, learn what I can learn. But anyways, Sunday rituals. So we had this thing college. It was called Sunday sessions, and it started in my bedroom. Literally in my bedroom, like I was living in this house, and we would have like twenty, thirty people crammed in there, drinking and fucking smoking, and I would just DJ in the corner. So if a rapper came up, be like. Drop me a beat or drop a beat and they do like their new song or freestyle. That's dope. You know, or if it was like somebody smoking, you know, I am the blah, 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 you know. Right, right, right. Away. And then you got singers. You have, we had actors come up there and do like little bits. Like of a little like, talent show thing. Basically, but it, yeah. but we did it every Sunday. So it was like people just trying out whatever they wanted to do. Yeah, with yeah, life, yeah. You know, But it was all based on like uh, performance art. And that was your, you started that. Yeah, yeah, I started that. And then I remember one, this is when I first realized Hannibal did comedy. He came in there one day. He tried. He was coming in there looking, trying to look all cool with sunglasses on. He's like, uh, "Yo, let me sign that list." And I'm like, uh, "I'm like, I just assumed that he rapped." Yeah. Because everybody at that time was rapping. Yeah. I'm like, "You rap?" He's like, "No, man. I'm just gonna go up there and talk some shit." And I'm like, "All right, whatever. Sign the list." Went up there and he killed it. Yeah. And I think it was like the it was like one of the first like 
ten times he like performed. Yeah. Like comedy. And he fucking killed it. And then ever since then I was like, man, just host just host it. Yeah. Because before then we had some other guy hosting it. I mean he was good, but he just kinda like Why didn't you why didn't you want to host it? Because I was behind the table. Right, 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 right. And I was like, you know, doing the list and running around. I was yeah. trying to just organize and yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't do all of it at once. Yeah. Although I would have loved to host it, but I you know, I, I just can't do everything. You sure, know what I'm sure, sure. I have my limits, dog. Yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah, he did it, kill it, he hosted it, and then he had left for like the summer and I stayed there in the summer and we kept it going. We like moved to like this cafe because it started getting really big. And then that's when Open Mike Eagle took it over and he okay. started hosting it. Okay. And then, you know, and it just got bigger and bigger and then we all just left. And it all just kinda collapsed. But you and then now you started this thing called Soup Sundays, which is a <laughs> This is not this is nothing big, it's just But 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 I mean it's still <laughs> like it's the same thing where it's like you have you you know, you you're good at like organizing a thing and yeah. having people come over you know, like yeah. it's a it's a, a cooking thing, right? You guys cook and it's a potluck. Yeah. Right? Well no, it's not a potluck. It's not a potluck per se, because a potluck requires that you come through with something that you made. Right. It's just we assign people. So you 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 have people over your house. Yeah. And then you like, all right, you make this, you make this, whatever. Yeah, we like usually plan it the weekend before. Be like, hey, we need soup next week. Who's doing soup? And then be like, okay, somebody be like, well, I got this awesome tomato bisque, and somebody be like, I got, got this. You. So we usually do like two soups. Yeah. Sometimes we get ambitious and do four. Sometimes we do like a vegetarian, a vegan, yeah. gluten free, and like meat. But at the end of the day, like, it's just like there's always at least two soups. Yeah. And it's just kind of like we get together, get drunk, eat soup, and like watch Breaking Bad. Well, not anymore, but. You know, I'm just saying, like, you, you know, you seem good at, at bringing community together. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I just like. Um, people like you, Tony. I like bringing people together. Yeah. I like being like, hey, Yoni. Yeah. You're a talented songwriter. Hey, Serengeti, you're a talented songwriter. Right, well, right. You guys should get together. I mean, right. I, I know I didn't introduce you guys, but like, you guys should but get together. But you introduced him to our music, you said. I did. Yeah. I introduced yeah. him to why. Yeah. I did. And he loved it. That's something. That's like, something. He's like, yeah, what, did he, what did he say? I was like, he said, this motherfucker said, I want to always be on film. <laughs> <laughs> He flaked on me today, man. This motherfucker flaked yeah, on me. But I'm not was, surprised. He was like an hour and a half. I know, it, I know, know, I know. It's fine. I'll get him. I'll get him at some point. He gets the. He gets the. He gets the family ticket. Yeah, I mean, yeah. whatever. Family it's, card. Everybody, I'm not. Yeah. I don't. I, I'm not. I. I'm fine with it, and I'll get him at some point. I mean, I already did a podcast with him. Yeah, and he didn't. Yeah, you said he didn't. He's like, don't use that. Don't use yeah. that. Don't use He's that. He's very particular. Like, all right, yeah. All right. He's very particular. He's yeah. Like, oh man. Then he's like, I'm gonna give you the fucking. Expose. I'm gonna give you the fucking. <laughs> I'm gonna do a tell-all thing about like what makes Serengeti Serengeti. Like, wait, where did you guys do the podcast? In uh, uh, San Francisco. Oh, maybe that's what it was. He fell out of his element. Is that what he said? No, I'm, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I, I didn't know that he. That yeah. You told me about it. He didn't tell me about this. I maybe that's know, what man. it was. Because I know when he's in the Bay, he's not like. When he's in Chicago, he's very comfortable. Maybe when he's in the Fuck, it's on a grid. It's on a grid. <laughs> it's human. It's human. <laughs> no, Sam, no, I still, I still. <laughs> Sam Francisco's on a grid. <clears throat> I've been, to, but here's the thing about San Francisco. I've been to San Francisco so many times, and I still feel like every time I go there, I'm still trying to get used to it. Dude, I don't know San Francisco at all. Or like, Dubai I in live, general. I lived 
for fucking <laughs> eleven years there. And I, I mean, like, I can get my, like, North Oakland and Berkeley, like, yeah. I'm all good. Even, I mean, East Oakland's easy because it's all gridded out. Yeah, yeah. West Oakland's easy. But, like, when it comes to actually San Francisco, which is only seven miles by seven miles, like, I, Oh, you're talking about, like, geographically or, like, the map system and stuff. Yeah. No, I'm talking about just in general. The vibe. Just San Francisco as a city. I, I like it. I, I'm not saying I don't like it. Yeah. But I just, every time I go there, it always... It always catches me off guard. Yeah. I'm always just like, what the fuck? First time I went there, it was like on a Halloween. Yeah. And I caught that weird-ass fucking Halloween parade in DeCastro. Oh, yeah. That walking parade. Oh, yeah. And that did was you, my did first time. you get jacked off on? No, I just, we were in a, actually, we were in a rental car, and they just basically walked over the okay, car. And okay. they were like screaming drums. It was crazy. Yeah. And then even this They last, get wild in San Francisco, man. They get wild. I yeah. like the fact that they get wild. Yeah, me too. But, but like little things like... Last time I was out there, we did that show, A Mountain View with Chappelle. Yeah. Um, I remember getting there, and I was outside of the airport, and I was like, how do I get to the BART? I was like a little, like... Yeah. And so there's, like, this old Asian lady smoking a cigarette on the bench. And in Chicago, like, usually it's a shot in the dark to ask an old Asian woman something in English. So I, <laughs> so I just go up to her. I was like, excuse me, miss, do you know how to get to BART? Perfect English. She's yeah. like, yeah, sure. What you do is say. Right. And that, like, that throws me off. Right. Like, because it's West Coast. You know, you got Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. But, like, I'm, but not even just West, like, just in, even in New York, like, you run into older Asian people, you just, and they usually always do have an accent, or you just yeah. assume that they have an accent. Yeah, but you got to think, like, <laughs> per, if, if somebody's coming over from Asia, they're yeah. going to come to the West Coast first. So she, she probably was, you know, her parents came over. Or, yeah, yeah, or their yeah. Parents She's came old. Over. That's what I'm saying. Like old yeah, generation. Yeah. Like because like it's going to take people. Then they're going to migrate all over to Chicago or to New York. I just assume them to all sound like my parents. Right, like, right. Do you know right. how to get to the bar? I don't know what the way is about to. Yeah. I just expect that. And be right, like, Okay, right. I'm just going to ask this never white mind. gentleman over yeah, here. Yeah, but you, yeah. But you still... Every once in a while, but you gotta try like to that. step out of your alley. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm gonna try this. And SF, first time I saw an Asian bum, SF. Okay. You know, first time I. Uh, that doesn't make sense. They're too smart. It's not. They don't. They're not supposed that's, to. No, that's not true. Uh, first time I seen a. Why is uh, that? Why are there? Why are there no Asian bums? Work ethic. What? What is that? I don't know. I don't know. But they got them in SF. Yeah. Maybe because it's easy. They got living. all kinds of. Homeless people in SF, man. That's like it's, I think it's because it's easy living out there because they you can like take showers at the fucking public right. library yeah. and yeah. you could just collect cans and make a living. Yeah, there was a guy that used to live right outside my brother's place in uh, Hayes Valley. Is the gone fishing guy? I don't know if you ever seen him. He just know. sit out with a can, with a with a rod, and it was like every morning it, the can would be up high, and by the end of the night it'd be down, and it just said gone fishing on it. He just sits there and reads books all day. Yeah. Down with the weight of coins in it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. He made money, dude. Yeah. He was killing it. Every night when we'd come home from the bars, the can was touching the ground. Well, he had a concept. Exactly. Yeah. That's all you need out there. Yeah, yeah. All you need is a good idea, put it on a can and put it on a fishing rod. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's how they live out there. That's how they live out there. That's the that's the, the San Franciscan dream, right? Yeah. <laughs> um. Now, I want to know... Oh shit! I told you put that shit on vi- on vibrate, dog. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, it's alright. It's alright. Who is it? Right. Hey, oh, oh. Um, I wonder about the kung fu shit. How did you get into that shit? Were you oh, were you man, a kid? I, no, I just got punched in the face one day. And like, really? <laughs> so it was as it was. 
it wasn't some like spiritual like I need to find my spirituality. It's like mm-hmm. I got my ass whooped and now I need to like okay. be able to defend myself. Okay, I I could fucking cushion that statement a little bit more with the spiritual stuff, but it, really what like sparked it up, I was out with my buddy Tim one night. I hadn't seen him in a while. And he we got really drunk. And he just started wilding out with everyone. Yeah. And so I had to like basically. I hate hanging out with a friend like that, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's like the worst. Yeah, yeah. So like, I had I was gonna... basically Mr. Babysitter. Yeah. And I basically had to manhandle him and throw him into the cab, right? So I throw him into the cab, and I'm about to jump in the cab, and this guy that was like he wasn't even the door guy. He was just like friends with the door. He was hanging out with his friend that was a door guy at some random bar in Wicker Park. He's coming up. And he's just like, hey, man, get your friend out of here. Get the... And I'm like, dude, I just put him in the fucking cab. I'm like, calm down, man. I'm like, I'm about to get in this cab. Like, back up. I don't know where he just sucker punched me. Oh, like, man. and I had a fedora on, so I must look like an idiot because my fucking hat flew off. <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? And I didn't even know yeah. what. I came to. When like, you're in a fedora, you should be chill. You, yeah, no, yeah. There's no punching, no, no, no violence. It's cartoony. You get punched in the yeah. face. Your fucking hat. <laughs> Flies off your head. Yeah. And then I just remember like being dazed and then looking like what what the fuck? And he's already across the street, like walking away. And I got fucking I I got mad. I was like, what the fuck? So I started going after him and then these cops pulled up uh, and his friends were right there. He's like, get out of here. So I'm like, what and then I felt like such a little bitch and I yeah. got in the car and we're driving away and then I remember just getting home like, man, if I had like better reflexes yeah, and was yeah, like yeah, yeah, better yeah, yeah. prepared for something like that. I could have probably not let that happen that way. I just like you're a suck. Uh, m- most people that don't are not trained to fight think that they can fight or say that they can fight. Or I don't act think like, I can fight. But I'm saying a lot of most people think like they act like. Yeah. I would say like you know like every person that I've trained under has always been like yo. Ninety um, percent of the people you meet swear to God they know how to throw a punch. Yeah. But it's like the easiest thing to block. Like, if you just train, like, you can block a punch very easily. And you can throw a punch very easily. Yeah. But you have to know how. You right. Have to you practice. have to be, understand when it might yeah. happen and understand how to how It's like to playing baseball. It. Like, you can't yeah. hit a home run unless you're swinging every day. Right. It's the same thing with fighting. You can't throw a punch unless you're punching every day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's the yeah. same exact notion. Because a punch is very precise and there's a lot of timing, a lot of movement. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, like... People, like, you see drunk chachas everywhere at bars, like, yeah, fuck you up, throw the stupidest haymaker, right, and then right. fucking, you just step out of the way, and, and they're gone. Have you had situations, like, where you've had to do shit, or, or do you know how to diffuse it well enough that things... Yeah, I mean, it's that's the irony of it. It's like, I don't... I'm way more peaceful now than I know how to fight. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. when I didn't know how to fight, I was like, let's get into a fight. Yeah. I was more hot-headed. When you learn how to fight, you just, you're just kind of like... You have the confidence. Yeah, you you're just, now. yeah, you just kind of smile at people and like, you don't want to do this. Right. And then, and then they get the same vibe from you and they're like, yeah, I don't want to do this. You know, <laughs> yeah. what, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, it turns into something, like, it's not, it's not even about humility, it's more just right. about like, come on, dog, like, just back up. And they, they sense this vibe. Unless somebody's really drunk, you can usually sense that. You can sense a vibe from another fighter, especially right. I can. If I, like, run into someone and we start, you know, talking, I can tell right away, like, oh, this guy knows how to defend himself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? What like, is, what, how do you see it? How do you, what, do you, what is it's it It's usually, like, usually what it is is, like, first thing is body, like, the body, like, physique. Like, you could tell, like, there's a certain kind of, like, if somebody's, like, real, real muscular, like, you know they're not a fighter. Okay. Because, like, 
that just you just don't have like the flexibility. But like if somebody's like real toned, yeah, like you're like okay, this might, this guy might be a wrestler. He might be in the MMA. Then you look at their knuckles, and their knuckles all like you know roughed up. Yeah, and, you know they're punching shit. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. scars on their arms. Like that's like the first thing you look at the physique. Like you look at the physical, you know. But then how they carry themselves. You know, are they peaceful? Are they like you know what I'm saying? Like a hot-headed person usually is a bad fighter. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They might be like good at street fighting, but I mean like a like a like a seasoned fighter, like somebody who knows how to fight well, doesn't really typically doesn't really start shit. They'd rather just not fight. Right. You know what I'm saying? They'd rather You mean if they're getting paid to fight. No, not even paid to fight. It's just Just like what you have you like are. right yeah, it's yeah. like if someone's been taking like Taekwondo for like six years, they're not going out there to use it on street people. Right. You know what I'm saying? They're using it more for like competitions or like for when it really counts. You know what I'm saying? It's like, but people who don't know how to fight are like more like on some like, okay, let me see if I, can, I still got this. Right, right, you right, know? right. But if you got it, you don't need to go out there and... Like, it's like... You're, you're getting your kicks every day by going in and training. I mean... Well, the perfect analogy is you're a good singer-songwriter, right? right? You're successful. You're doing what you're doing. I ain't going to do it unless I'm getting paid to do exactly. it. Exactly. You're not going to go to open mic night and right. fucking start doing shit for no reason. Right. That's what fucking amateurs and people who don't know what they're doing do. Right. That's the same thing with a fighter. Like, they don't... They're not going to just start fights with people for no reason because they know, like, if it's going down, it's going down for a reason. Right. It's the same thing. It's the same mentality. So, uh, why did you choose Kung Fu? When oh, you... yeah. Now, that's, like, the spiritual part. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's just... You were like, okay, I could do... I mean, you could have bought, went to, into boxing or MMA. But there wasn't really MMA shit that... It wasn't that prevalent at that point. I mean, MMA is a loose term. But you know what I'm saying, like yeah. fucking like Brazilian punching and grappling and you know, just like Well most MMA people are like good at three different things. Right. Like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, Muay Thai. Usually it's Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, Muay Thai and boxing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then you got punching, you got kicking, and then you got grappling. But why why kung fu? Right. Yeah, than yeah. Shit. I mean, yeah, it's like like um I like the uh, I like the uh, med- meditative aspect of it. I had gone out to Germany with uh, Dave. Serengeti. Yeah, Serengeti for like uh, a few days. And I remember just feeling unhealthy and like, I mean, it was like, it wasn't because of Germany. It was before that. I was just drinking a lot, smoking a lot, and just felt gross. And then, and that was kind of like the breaking point. And then when I got home, I was like, I gotta figure something out. So I started doing a bunch of research. It's like, oh, praying mantis kung fu. That looks cool. Did that for a few years, and then... how how was it? When was this? When the fight happened and shit? Was this after college? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was like my couple years back from college. And yeah. Yeah, getting punched in the face is not a good feeling. No. Especially when you're fedora. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like a clown, man. Yeah. I never want that to happen again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now you know you can wear a fedora in peace and know that if the shit goes down, no, even it's gonna stay gently on your head while. Yeah. No, but what's what's cool is my my Sifu right now, he like he used to be like an opera singer. Okay. He's an international playboy. He was a handsome son of he's a handsome son of he's older now. He's got like a young wife and shit. He's like just he's a he's player playerific. He's got great sense of humor. He's just like he's really good teacher, he's just really good. And I like talking to him because I just I can like really relate to what he's talking about. Yeah. And, you know, he says, like, cool shit. Like, he's like, okay, you're in a, you're in a hostile situation. You just put your hands like this, start playing with your cufflinks. Like, you don't got to go into kung fu pose. He's like, play with your cufflinks. 
and like you know just act like everything is cool so when the guy does punch you your hands are here right right you know right, what i'm saying right, like right. but just you know pet your beard a little bit pretend like everything's cool just like your cool. hands are up and you're, yeah, blo- you're yeah. blocking things he's like that he's a real sly son of a bitch yeah yeah you know what i'm saying Real cool like that. Yeah. I like him a lot. This I'm is just... assuming that you're wearing cufflinks at the time. Yeah, you know, international playoffs. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right, yes. You know, he, he's got like cool tips like that all the yeah, time. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, he's, he quotes like his friends. Like he co- quotes Oscar Wilde sometimes. <laughs> like just ra- he's just a random ass dude. He's cool as fuck though. I like it. He like he's got a Brazilian jiu-jitsu friend named Andre that he trains closely with. And he always says, it's like, no good defense, no good fighter. You know, like, he's, like, really, he's really wise. You know, it's, it's funny because he'll walk, like, the floor, and you'll think that he's not paying attention. But, like, you know, he's looking the other way, and then he'll just, like, turn his head real quick and be like, you're shuffling your feet the wrong way. You know, just right. turn around and just, you know, he can hear, Very perceptive. sense it. Yeah, because yeah. that's what Wing Chun is. Wing Chun is all about... Uh, vibe like you know the best Wing Chun practitioners could do it blindfolded because they okay. could just feel energy yeah you know what I'm saying and like that's it's cool when you go to the classes because it's all energy so like we do like meditative stuff in the beginning and then like the next two hours of the class is all just like feeling each other's energy like knowing how to turn your doing, power doing routines with each other like, yeah, yeah yeah like this thing called chi sao where it's like you just it's like two hands and they go in this room rotating motion yeah and you're just feeling each other's uh energy yeah so like if i jerk a little bit you have to you have to react to that okay so it's either i'm attacking or it's like i'm pulling back or something so if i leave like a little opening and then you come in and just hit yeah so that's like that's like the it's right in between doing drills and actually sparring so it's not like full contact it's just like slap fighting yeah but it's it's really it's really, really degrading when you fucking get chopped in the neck and slapped right. in the face. <laughs> right. Because you're so doing you don't this. want that shit yeah. to happen. Yeah, yeah. And, you're like, and then you see yourself like just getting tense, like, yeah. And then yeah. you get smacked to the fucking face. You feel like such a bitch. I thought it's. I feel like it's, it's like uh, it's like it's like violent yoga in a way. Am yeah. I right about that? Would you mm, say that? No, because it doesn't involve as much stretching. That's true. Yeah. That's true. It's more like uh, you ever play that game with your friends where you get your hands like this and you're trying yeah. to slap each It's yeah. like that. No, it's not like that, 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 not that well game formed. specifically. I, I guess I, I, I mean Kung Fu in general is like... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I, I mean? mean? Depends on what kind of... Like, Tai Chi is more like yoga, I right, would say. Right, right. Like, Qigong is a lot like yoga. But those but, aren't um, violent. No, but that's where Kung Fu comes from, yes. is Tai Chi. Yeah. And Qigong. Yeah. It comes from both, you know, it's just like, hey, let's take this idea, like harnessing your Qi, and turn it into, you know, like Tai Chi and Qigong is about receiving energy yeah and kung fu is more about putting it out right you know what i'm saying so it's like that just says the soft and hard yin and yang shit like that yeah i know it sounds like fucking no i mean it's cool i mean that's why it it interested me or it it does still interest me um is because you know but maybe maybe for me it is just about yoga because i have you know I, i consistently do that like three times a week and and uh, I feel great. It makes me feel great, you know. Yeah, but the, um, the cool thing about Wing... If you like yoga, the cool thing about mm-hmm. Wing Chun is you could do the same thing without ever learning how to fight. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it doesn't have to be a violent thing. For, you know? Right, right. No, I'm... I'm. Or you can be like Daoism from Street Fighter and do the fo- the flame. Oh, yeah, yeah. Daoism. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I... I uh, 
I, I don't. I like the idea of learning how to fight, actually, or learning how to because it's just about handling my body in a situation with someone else's body. Yeah. You know, yeah, whereas I, yeah. I feel like yoga is usually just about your own body and space. You know. Yeah. Uh, which is good too. But. but I mean, that's probably good. Like having good awareness of your own body. Yeah. I mean, that'll help. Like we do yoga training in Wing Chun. Like, yeah. In the beginning, we okay. do like yoga stretches and stuff. Yeah. Beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny, yoga, the, the yoga thing, Hannibal's got this new joke where he talks about, like, overpriced juices and how okay. he wants to stay healthy. He's got this one joke where he's like, uh, he's like, I saw some stuff the other day that says, yoga in a bottle. He's like, I'll get that because I definitely don't want to do yoga. <laughs> <laughs> quick, quick, easy fix. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, that's not really, like, a thing the fellas do, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, it has not, it's not really do with, like, I hear you. I'm not a fella, you know? I'm not a fella. I'm, a, I'm, I'm like, I'm on, I'm on a quest. I'm trying to figure myself but out. But wouldn't it be nice to train in something? Yeah. And be fit at the same time? Yes. I, I, I agree. I agree. I've, I, I, like... That school, like, and that's why I sent you, like, those, the only two schools I could find in Cincinnati, yeah. and, you know, I, I didn't really like that school that much. I might try it again, no offense, Sifu, if you're listening, <laughs> but, um, it well, just... Well, you just weren't feeling the vibe? I don't know. It was fine. I mean, I don't know how, I, is this, he, like, he talked most of the class, which yeah. is, which is cool, and he was smart, but, like, it wasn't, like, stuff that, like, was mind-blowing for me, it was like, okay. What was he saying? I mean, anything that, that somebody would say, uh, you know, <laughs> just explaining what Kung Fu is or explaining what, you know. Yeah, but that's And it like wasn't a, just, a, like, a beginner-beginner class, because, like, I was a beginner-beginner, but everybody, most people have been in a couple class, a few classes. Oh, so he was just talking a lot. Yeah, which yeah. is fine. I, look, I like the dude. Yeah. I may try it again. I guess I, I didn't really like like the, the the basement vibe. It was like a small space in yeah. the basement, kind of cramped, kind of felt like a little like... But sometimes that's a good thing because he can be more focused on you. Yeah. If you're in a... It's, being in a basement with six people is better than being in a studio with 50 people. I don't want 50 people, but yeah. maybe like eight or ten in a, in a yeah. room that's like, you yeah. know, I don't know. You just got to find the right school. I mean, never, never compromise with, right. you know, because they say like, you know. And it's expensive as shit. Yeah, yeah. How much were they, was he charging? Uh, I mean, it was like some kind of introductory, you know, month for, that was like very affordable, of course. Should be around like $100. After that, it was about 100 a month. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. But that's, that's still a big chunk of change, right? Yeah, but at the same time. Not you're, if you're taking 10 classes, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it d depends on the schedule. Like, yeah. my school does like monday tuesday thursday saturday and they're like three hour classes you go to all those no i can't because i'm on no, the road you're gone all the time. yeah but what do you do on the road do you practice your form yeah i practice like the wing chun form is very uh conducive to like hotel rooms yeah like, you don't need much space yeah a lot of it has to do with like meditative like wrist and elbow energy shit yeah so like it's really it's really it's a re i'm saying it's a really i'm not trying to sell you here i i'm, I'm, I'm really on board great, for wing chun I, I, yeah. I like it yeah i it's, just it's a really great martial art for small i mean it's a close quarter style of kung fu good for a small guy too it's good oh it's the best for a small guy yeah. it's created by a woman so yeah yeah it's the best for a small guy you know, like, the praying mantis shit is better for a bigger dude. Yeah. Like, a lanky, like, large guy. Like, it's better for that. But, yeah, Wing Chun is awesome. Like, it's, it's all about economy of motion. So, yeah. it teaches you how to be quicker. So, like, if you are a smaller person, it's like, hey, instead of throwing one punch, why not throw, like, five instead of one? Right. 
So it's like five punches can be way deadlier than one. Right. And then on top of that, like, it's the numbers game. Like, out of those five punches, you could probably land three. Right. That's better than throwing one big punch and missing. Yeah. Is that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. The Asians and their numbers, you know? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's just binary, though. <laughs> Well, look, man, we yeah. got we got over an hour here of, of stuff. I mean... You're going to have to cut a lot of that shit. That's all right. <laughs> I, we edit. We edit. Um, anything else we didn't talk about that we should be talking about? Um, no, no. We didn't go into you hanging around, hanging out with Chappelle that much and all that shit, which is interesting to me. <laughs> what do you want to know? I'll tell you. So, you, you, so he asked you... How, how did that go down? He asked you to hang out in, in up in his suite and shit. And, and like, is that oh, how it started? That was in Detroit. That was in Detroit. Is that how it started with you hanging? Yeah, like no, hang- no. It's actually started the night. Okay, so what happened was so he's night. headlining this. Let's first preface that yeah. he headlined a tour that the like, Eyeball Fest, Eyeball Fest, which was like all all alt comedy festival. I mean, basically, it was like the return of Dave Chappelle. Yeah, but it's funnier die Live Nation. They all got together and put together this insane. It's like one. Of, it's like the largest comedy festival in the states that was ever put together. Yeah. So it was them, Flight of the Concords, and then like all these like l- more like left field kind of edgy comedians. Yeah. You know, you had Jeff Ross hosted, and of course, you know, you had Hannibal, Kristen Shaw, Al Madrigal, you know, Chris D'Elia, Jeff Jeffries, like, all the big names. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was there was a bunch of like awesome comedians, Dimitri Martin. Um, so, you know, at first I was just doing like the bits with Hannibal, like we were talking about earlier, with like the rap stuff, whatever. And then in uh, 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 it was in Chicago when we when we did our show in Tinley Park. Um, he has his own DJ that comes on all the time that like spins before he goes on does all his entrance exit music he has a DJ and out of nowhere they're like oh we're gonna do this after party at the House of Blues so I was like cool and I talked to the DJ I was like hey you mind if I get a little set in there and he's like yeah yeah it's all good and then so we go to the party and then he does like a half an hour set and then he's just gone I don't know where he did he yeah I don't he's just gone and so, like, the rest of the next like, three-hour fucking... So you just DJed the whole rest just, of the after party. Yeah, I just, was the after yeah. party just all y'all and, and just, like, what? It was, like, everyone's entourage. Yeah, yeah, It was packed. It was yeah, awesome. Yeah, But it was, like, three hours, like, straight, and I've never spun, like, a set that epic before. I was pulling out all the all the best of the best shit I had, and yeah. I had... It was crazy. At one point in the night, Chappelle's on my left dancing, and on the right is the Wu-Tang Clan. What? Like, yeah, I kid you not. They were in town. They were playing at, like, at a, a, a North Coast Festival. And they were all feeling it. Yeah, they were just, people were just fucking dancing. Again. The yeah. comedian did, like, yeah, Flight of the Concords over here. Fucking Jermaine is having, like, a dance-off with somebody. Kristen Shaw and Dimitri are over there. Got Hannibal and his uncle and his dad over here just chilling. Like, it was crazy, dude. Like, yeah. It was epic. Like, it was, like, till 4 or 5 in the morning, and then I had an early flight, so I didn't get a hotel that night because I was like, okay, I live here. I get back, and then I fly out right away. I'm, like, on two hours of sleep, tired of shit. A couple of my buddies uh, drove out from Chicago to Detroit to come meet me and see the show in Detroit because we were out in Detroit the next day. Uh, they put us up in the MGM Grand. We had a great show. Everything is good. My friends are like, no, man, we got to, you know, we're out here. I'm like, I'm so tired at this point. I'm like, look, we're going to the casino play some blackjack, get a couple of drinks, and then I'm going to sleep. I'm like, I got, I'm like, I'm dead. So I'm in the lobby just hanging out for a second, 
and in walks Talib Kweli and Dave Chappelle. <laughs> Talib Kweli and Dave Chappelle together? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and their entourage. It was not a big entourage. It was like maybe three or four people with them. And Talib's just cool as hell. We just start bullshitting. He's, I'm like, why are you in town? He's like, I'm just here kicking it. You know, yeah. I'm like, all right. In Detroit, just, he comes to Detroit to just kick Yeah, he was just... For like, the show. Yeah, he was at, yeah, because yeah, they're yeah. like homies and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then Chappelle was just like, hey, man. He's like, you know, we'll get some food, we'll get some drinks and some turntables upstairs. And, uh, you know, you all come kick it, come kick it, whatever. I'm just like... I was like, all he right. He says that to you specifically? Yeah, and I was like, you want me to spin? Should I bring my laptop? He's like, yeah, yeah, grab your laptop. Like, well. I'm like, okay, cool. So we go up there, and then as we get up there, there's like bellhops bringing in speakers and turntables. Okay. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, whose equipment is this? And he's like, you know, Dave Chappelle's like, it's mine. <laughs> and I'm just like, you DJ? He's like, nah, I just know that I'm running the dope DJs on the road, so I just carry these in the bus. You can do the Chappelle voice, man. You can do the Chappelle voice. <laughs> So I'm just like, okay, that's that's pretty awesome. And, you know, he pulls them out, and then uh, Kwali jumps on the tables, and he's spinning. He does, He's a good DJ. I was yeah. surprised. But at this point, I'm falling asleep. I'm like, man, I don't know if I can hang. But at the same time, it's Chappelle. You're in Chappelle's There's fucking like sweet champagne of, and penthouse. nice liquor. And yeah. fucking, we're, you know, it's just dope. We're having a good time. Right. The comedians are up there. Like, we're all just, like, kicking it. It's like maybe 10... 15 of us, and it's just like a very small, we're having a good time, and then finally, Talib sits down, and I'm like, oh, this is my chance, so I go up, and I slip my laptop on, and he's like, man, play that Detroit shit, whatever, and I start, I start slamming him with like Dilla, Danny Brown, stuff yeah. like that, and he's having a, he's like, what is this, what is this, what is this, and we're just like kicking it, and it was like, it was a great, it was epic, man, like, yeah. we were just like having conversations sick, about man. music, like, I played a Danny Brown song that he really liked, and he's like, hey, play that again, man. Play that shit again. <laughs> he's like, what's his name? Play that again. And then nice. It was funny. I saw him the next day in the lobby, and he's like, man, I downloaded a lot of that shit. That shit is dope, man. After you, after you played it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome, that's man. Cool. I made him a little mixtape and shit of the yeah. night, like all the stuff I was playing, and he was like, thanks. And yeah, it was cool, man. It was a great experience to like spin for Chappelle in his penthouse. Yeah. You know, and he was just like so fucking cool about it. Yeah. Like I didn't feel at all like, oh, this is, oh, this is crazy. I was more just like, man, this guy's cool. We're cool. Everybody's cool. We're just getting drunk and having a good time. Yeah. And he was just like, yeah, it was a it's good experience. And, and oh, I forgot to tell you, that night at the House of Blues when all was said and done with, he was still there. And I got, I wrapped up my shit and I'm just like, hey man, thanks a lot for uh, letting me spin. And it's like the best compliment ever. He's like, "You kidding me, man?" He's like, "You were fan fucking tastic." <laughs> in his in his way, yeah. yeah, yeah. And he said that to me again in Phoenix because I did another after hours party yeah. in Phoenix, and he said the same thing. I mean, me we party like me, yeah. me and him. We party. We go out and fucking drink and have yeah. a good time and stuff. But at the end of the day, we always make it to sound check. We yeah. always make it to our flights. We are, you know. Do you have a tour manager? The two of you? I mean, I assume no, you know. No, we no, just, we just you just do it yourself. We depend on each other. Yeah, like. Either he's calling my room or I'm calling his room, yeah. and we're just blasting each other. And it's yeah. like, yo, get up. We got to go. Yeah. It's time to go. We jump in the fucking shuttle, and we get to where we need to go. I just I just need a table about this size, right. and I put my controller on my laptop, plug some shit in, hit play. Well, you get a line, put it up. Okay, yeah, we're good. <laughs> yeah. And then I just go backstage and start drinking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the life of a DJ. <laughs> No, it's not even the that. Leisurely just, life of a DJ. No, I mean, if I wanted my setup to be the way that I wanted to be, trust me, this whole table would be like covered right, in gear right. and shit. But 
when you're fucking traveling around yeah. and on the road, you, don't you gotta carry go, so much yeah, stuff. Yeah. I'm not trying to fucking check like two bags just to carry around right. a bunch of keyboards and do dumb shit. Technology right. is so advanced these days that you can consolidate Everything it all in your laptop. laptop. Yeah. 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 It's so simple. So it's like yeah, back in the days as a traveling DJ you'd have to carry around crates. Yeah. You don't gotta do that. Either. No, you don't. Thank you, Japanese. It's true. I mean do you think <laughs> do you think uh, is there is there something lost? By by you know not having course, that or is Serato pretty much the same thing? No, of course there's something lost. Yeah, you asking me this question already knowing the answer. Of course there's something lost. Oh, I'm asking you. I want to know your. <laughs> I want to know your stance on it. Mm. You can never, um, you can never replicate an analog piece of equipment. Yeah. obviously you can't take a guitar sample and replace your guitar player. You can't fucking get the Fender Rhodes plug in and replace Doug. Yeah, you can't use a drum machine over Josiah. You know? But at some point, you know you got you, it's 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 worth the situation to you know you can't hire a whole band to do I mean, stuff that you're doing for Hannibal. It's like you know at some course, point you're yeah, gonna yeah. you're gonna come and you're gonna consolidate things and have it be yeah you know well I mean with Hannibal is different we don't require it doesn't require right. a band right I mean like I mean I see like the way you guys started when you weren't as big and it was just yeah. the three of you guys yeah. and you made do. And now you guys got like all these other people, right? And all this other equipment. Your sound guy, your light girl, and all that shit. You just got to do what yeah. you can with what you have always. Yeah. And then, but if like, you got it, if you, you yeah, no, I respect that though. Or or if you don't have it, you just keep spending money anyway. Like Doug, I've seen Hannibal spend five hundred dollars on five minutes of his show. Before. Yeah, yeah, literally ballerinas like hiring fucking Elmo, SpongeBob ballerinas, yeah. and then just like just some ridiculous shit. He'd be like. Yo, I but he's got it like that. He's like, no, I mean, it's at the point where it's like, dog, is this even worth it? Right, like, right. You're paying them what you would pay me for doing the whole night. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's like a five minute bit. But at the end of the tour, you could buy a house with all this shit yeah. you're spending on, you know, or he could, I'm saying. Well, no, no, not, it's not no, that. But, but whatever. But at the end of the day, like, it makes the show better. A beater right? car. Yeah. The show, I mean, you sacrifice to make the show better. Right. Right. And it significantly makes the show better. Yeah, and that's and yeah. that that ideally that builds a career. You know what I mean? Of like course, and, of and 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 makes more money in the end. It's it's of course. you know you got scared money don't step, make none. You got to step your game up too, yes, right? At yes, the end of the day, exactly. it's like you got to step your game up. You can't. I've always I've always abided by that idea, and of that's course, like of course. You know, we I after like ninety nine, I never went out with a fucking. CD player, you know what I'm saying? It was did like, you upgrade the iOS seven yet? Yeah, I did. It's, <laughs> it's great. It's great. And it, but you know what I'm saying? I never, yeah, I never yeah. was like, oh, I can type a rapper that was like, yeah. okay, let me, let me put, yeah, yeah, uh, uh, that's whack. That's whack right. as fuck. Yeah. But like back then, that's what I was doing. But like once, once you, yeah, I mean, I just always was was taking less money to yeah. make the shows more interesting, to build, yeah. to build the thing, to build yeah. the thing, to build. I mean, every time I see you do your thing, it's always different. You're always trying new things, and I respect that because you do have to. You you can't just stay in the same bubble. You got to grow, yeah. and you grow every time I see you guys. You grow. It's always something unexpected. I don't know that oh. we can grow past six people. Yeah, but now you got the lights going on. Yes, exactly. That yeah. you had you had production to yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, even if it's that, I mean, you're still. I mean, even if it's you scaling it down and just doing it, like even when you did your acoustic shit. Yeah. To me, that's still growing because right. you, you were like, "Fuck it, I'm just I got this piano on my brother." Right. <laughs> I love that. I that shit was dope. It. As fuck. I liked it, like doing it. Yo, like that, that shit was dope as fuck. When I saw you guys at the MCA, that was fucking. You guys killed. Well, me. the MCA was a 
Four piece, actually. But no, it was no, no, stripped. No, no, no. But it, it was, was stripped. That, no, no, it was. You talking about the main, main stage? It was in Evanston. Yeah, yeah. Main stage. In Evanston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That shit was dope as fuck, man. I love doing that. This that was one one grand piano. I didn't know you. Fucking, I didn't know you had chops like that. I mean, I, I yeah, I could play. You, I mean, if chill. I rehearse, if I rehearse, yeah. I got a funny right hand now, but I probably could still do it. You're like you were on the piano, like even though I haven't seen you in years. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I'm not. A, I'm, yeah, I'm not like I can't sit down and just immediately. But if I rehearse something, no, yeah, that shit was I good. You had me convinced. Good, I thought you were like good. a concert pianist. Good, good. Yeah, that's it's, just, it's just the grand piano that makes you think that. No, but you had no. You had chops, man. I could tell if somebody's. I, can play. I, play, I play the play piano too, so I'm yeah. not. You know, I'm not like awesome at it or anything, but I understand the piano. I'm, I'm somewhere between, um, you know, maybe like your your four year old niece and Doug McDermott. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is this is this is Yoni Wolf, uh, broadcasting from the Days Inn in uh, what fucking neighborhood are we in? This, this is I think Lakeview. Lakeview. Yeah, this View. is Lake. Yeah, this is Lakeview. Lakeview, yeah. Chicago, yeah. right on, on on Lake Michigan. Um, been been here with Tony Trim at the Days Inn, and uh, we're signing off, man. So, Tony, t- say bye to the people. Bye to the people. Great show tonight, guys. Thank, Thank you. you for the shout out song. Oh, of course. Yeah, that was fun. That was a good time. Yes. It's Wednesday. You know what that means? Northside Farmers Market. The gym with Matt Meldon. My uncle came in town yesterday to record a rap. You'll get more on that later. The Wandering Wolf Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, this is a Tony Trim beat with my boy Serengeti rapping. Check it out. Yeah. I could have been a lamb baron, had a beautiful wife named Sharon, had twins and named both of the girls Karen, they go by nicknames Peaches and Pebbles, own wiffle ball bars and a piece of the Jersey Devils, and love penguins and fight for rights of lizards, hold sweepstakes and prizes to contestant winners, but Karen's a bitter, said I never saw the bigger picture, about helping people written in religious scriptures, we had too much, they wanted to give away their stuff, like hockey stocks, to Jersey workers who make clocks, and wiffle ball bars to Poor people with no cars Oh my daughter So different from their father My peaches and pebbles 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 Peaches and pebbles Utensils made of noble metals I acquired while attaining some new land to settle We're giving away to some woman named Janae Who worked a third shift in manufacturing room A Could she appreciate the details that went into these? Will they be dishwashed and serve macaroni cheese? I like my stuff, the Karens think it's way too much I worked hard to not live on the boulevard
sounds more like an outro. I'm like, oh, thanks, buddy. <laughs> or something like that.